0: In this video, I'm going to show you exactly how one of our clients got banned from Amazon and how they actually wound up coming out stronger on the other side. First off, who am I? I'm basically the managing director and CEO of furniture-scale.com. And over the last couple of years, we managed around uh, 15 million euros in client spend across platforms like Facebook, Instagram, uh, Google, Uh, TikTok, et cetera, et cetera. And just to get back into the story really quick, right? So the client received an email uh, that was uh, at the end of 2019. And essentially, that email contained a message from Amazon, which they were reliant upon a lot at that given point in time that Amazon would be tripling their fees, or they basically would ban their listing. So you probably heard about situations like this, uh, but in this specific case, client wasn't completely reliant on it. Uh, they understood that strategically there were other options to go into, which I'll explain later on in this video. But overall, uh, they basically just said no and ignored the email. And after two, three months. Essentially what happened as expected, Amazon shut down the listing, but then even worse than that, they basically started to sell the same products that the client was selling at a drastically lower price. So if you hear about this, there's probably a couple of things going on, right? Because uh, furniture products are generally quite comparable in terms of design. So how did this not completely ruin this client right what did they actually do what were the concrete steps um, that they've taken in order to resolve the situation and um essentially also another thing that came out after the fact just funny side tension here uh, amazon they actually contacted the same supplier that they had so they were able to find a factory which was in china and they more or less block the supplier for a couple of months because they just ordered so much volume in order to offer these very low prices, right? And I think specifically in the furniture, that's just something that is a fairly big risk, honestly, especially if you're completely reliant on Amazon, even if you're partially reliant. They obviously have complete overview about your sales data. Um, there's not really... That much branding measures that you can take on Amazon specifically, where you're just on people's top of mind. So they can just replace it, right? Because people go to Amazon because they do want the cheapest uh, or the most reviewed, best reviewed kind of option, right? Those are kind of the buying motives behind this, right? Um, yeah, so basically your sales channel was gone overnight, right? What did they do? So they already did have some online marketing measures that were in place but they essentially really ramped them up and they started working together with us and over the course of that we've been able to um, just drastically improve their results right and and again now they're actually doing better than so before they were doing uh like a little bit more than a million a month on amazon right That's considering there's Amazon fees as well, right? So overall, now they're just much better off because the revenue is actually slightly higher than it used to be while the results at the end, at the bottom line in terms of profitability are much, much better, right? So we're able to be a lot more efficient uh, with all the cost that there is, um, even though the revenue is slightly higher, which also makes the business easier to run to an extent, right? Because you have more money to reinvest, et cetera, et cetera so why is the company actually doing better now right I kind of mentioned it uh, the, uh, the cost structure is better it's one bit also I also mentioned that part uh, there's a specific demographic of people that like buying on Amazon it is also a significant percent of people who are not actually interested in having uh, in ordering from Amazon at least if again, unless the product is only on Amazon or some exception like this. But generally, there's a significant amount of people and a German study actually showed that it's around 50%. We don't have the exact number top of that. But those 50%, they don't like Amazon. And one of the most frequent reasons that they've given us is just the overall customer experience. So yes, it's pretty easy to find a good product. It's pretty easy to get a good deal. But as soon as anything goes wrong it's just massively problematic right and with furniture generally in terms of supply chain shipment etc cetera, etc cetera, because it's such clunky items a lot of times or fragile items uh, there's a lot of uh, tricky situations right and then they have to talk to the amazon support uh, which is not the greatest in that regard because they're kind of a middleman right and generally um, because of that, there's not a lot of ownership on there and uh, just structure, right? I'm not saying like, that the companies run poorly or anything like that. I'm just saying like this specific department, the experience people are having with it is not great. So, <clears throat> yeah. Um, also, if you look at their trust pilot, for example, it doesn't look good. Now, obviously, people go there to complain quite a lot of times, but we do have clients that they're not on Trustpilot, they're on other platforms, right? And it's very heavily regulated in terms of reviews, right? So you can't just come in and pay them, for example, to remove reviews or anything like that. You can't just buy fake reviews, it's all verified. Um, Even on those platforms, they're getting a 4.7 out of 5 stars on the feedback score. So overall, it's um, it's not really... good for people to order these kind of items specifically on Amazon, right? Again, there's there's arguments, both It's it, just there's a significant market that's not on Amazon. And um, yeah, that's kind of what I'm trying to say. So in general, there's obviously nothing wrong with the sales channel. It just, if you have it as one sales channel, there's nothing wrong with it. If it's your main sales channel, I actually would be really concerned. I personally uh, wouldn't be able to sleep properly at night, to be honest, just because you basically don't have any control over anything that's happening. Um, There's competitors coming in constantly. um, There's nothing really that's keeping them at bay besides the reviews you may be having. But even then, Amazon can come and just take everything that you worked so hard for and... um, Just remove it, right? Because they they see it's a good profit opportunity. They obviously see how much revenue you're doing. They can contact suppliers. They can get quotes from suppliers. If a supplier sees uh, an email from Amazon, they're obviously going to open it, right? Because they're going to be basically set for the next two, three years, depending on how much Amazon is going to order from them, right? So, obviously, not a great situation. Um, You also don't own the customer. So, what I mean by this is, you don't own the actual customer data. There's some workarounds of it. They're not very long-term, right? Like putting things in the packaging, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, so people can add the email address, if that's even still possible. And uh, there's not really any. Um, it, it, there's not really any kind of barrier that you're able to build around the business, right? Because obviously there are some economies of scale. But amazon can penetrate them another competitor can come in right it's not good if it's just upfront cost um, that basically keeps someone out right if someone orders more and because they're ordering more they can have a cheaper price um it's that as a standalone thing is not a good strategy especially if you're competing against amazon potentially on its own platform uh, it, it's just not a good situation to be in right um the other thing is the products become quite easy to compare um, they're normally fairly heavy on design, right? Where people buy a product, it could be on price as well. Uh, but um, if Amazon can give someone five products that would look very similar to the product that you're having and that you're listing on your product listing that are cheaper than your product, obviously someone is gonna go with those kind of products. If they think rationally, as long as they're comparable reviews, like a comparable amount of review or comparable quality. So even if it's less, um, there's like, you're still going to bleed sales, right? So like, there's all these small parts about it. that just don't make it um, a good long-term thing uh, to do, or to put a lot of effort behind. Uh, we do run Amazon ads for a lot of our clients, um, but it's just not uh, like the main sales channel that we focus on because of the factors that I mentioned. right? Um, and if you're outside of amazon it's not a hundred percent the exact opposite right but the situation is just so much better if you think about it because a you have so much wiggle room in terms of optimizing your website and someone can't just come in and um model a website layout or something like that, right? You can have a unique website layout, you can have unique branding elements on a website. And um, you can also know exactly how much to spend on a user um, in order for that acquisition to be profitable over a certain time frame. right? With Amazon, you're only able to assess the first order because you're not gathering, or mostly not gathering any email addresses, right? Um, depending on how you do things. but. Uh, you generally can't get the email address of every customer and get very reliable data. Just think about it. If you have a sample of like 100 uh, customers and then you only look at 10 and ignore the other 90, it's just not a good idea, right? Um, So you have much more control over that and because you can see how much a customer is actually worth to you, you're going to be able to spend more on acquiring the customer. And over a longer period of time, what you're going to be able to do is you're going to be able to outspend competitors, again, all factors being equal, assuming they came in later. And because uh, you're able to outspend them, uh, what's going to happen is, generally, most of the online marketing platforms are completely winner-takes-all. So in any specific category, right, um, depending on how you define it, uh, but in any specific market, there's usually one or two, maybe three, four products that are completely winning, right? And then the other ones they basically don't work, or right? well, offers product categories, et cetera, et cetera. And because you don't have control over those things with Amazon, but you do have it, If your online store, the online store is just a much, much better idea, right? And focusing on those measures because on Amazon, you can't really even optimize it that much if you think about it. You can get reviews. Yeah, you can do some SEO. You can optimize a product listing. You can like de-list reviews. You can optimize reviews, et cetera, et cetera. But overall, there's not that much you can do, right? It's kind of like this passive thing, um, which is not good uh, in general, right? So, <clears throat> because you're able, just to get back to the point of being able to spend more per customer, right? Like if you're able to spend more on a customer, one thing that happens is, all factors being equal, the one who can spend the most to generate a customer is going to win. At the end of the day, that's always the case if all factors are actually equal, and. You can only do this if you own the data, if you can send them emails, if you can send them promotions. You don't have to send them promotions, right? But it's something that can be done. There's also ways to not use discounts and still um, still do well with email marketing, which we actually do recommend in a lot of cases, right? Um, but yeah, that's, um, that's pretty much the point, right? So because you're able to spend more, if you think about it, Other competitors, they're not going to have the same data that you're having. And over time, you're basically making it harder and harder for anyone to come in and compete with what you do, right? Like as an example, if you're looking to directly compete with IKEA, directly the same products, through the same marketing channels, et cetera, et cetera, you're just not going to win because they don't only have more distribution channels, they also know exactly um, how much to spend. Right, in order for their financials to make sense. And they have much, much more data. They can look at a much, much longer time frame in order to do this. Um, so basically, IKEA would outcompete you in that case, obviously, right? Um, so essentially what's happening is you're creating a mode around your business, right? Because also with these channels, again, besides of Google Ads, which is not that great because of that, you still do it, right? Because it is worthwhile. They're just not this like amazing, unique channel. Um, you're building a brand, right? If you're advertising on Facebook, people are seeing your ads, they're seeing your logo, um, they see the quality of the product as well um, on the creative maybe potentially, right? They see what makes it unique. and um, They're basically maybe not immediately going to buy, right? A lot of times they immediately do. But um, even if they're not going to buy immediately, at least they saw your brand right and then you can have all these multiple touch points with them over time right you can once they come on the website you can retarget them and overall they are just going to be um it, it, they're much more likely to buy from you than like to go to amazon or something like that right as long as you have like decent brand awareness the brand is fairly unique uh, the products are fairly unique those kind of things right and Once all of that is given, um, you basically add an extra mode, right? Which is just the brand, right? Brand recognition. Same example, right? All factors being equal, the brand that has more awareness, that is more established, that people have more trust with, is going to outcompete the brand that doesn't have those elements, right? So, essentially, what happens is you're creating this upward spiral, right? Where you have less, uh, you have less cost per sale, right? Because uh, Amazon, you have the fees, et etc. Cetera, et cetera. It's not always, but generally, just the fee part, one hundred percent, is correct. Um, you also have the, um, you have the branding benefits over long term, right? And um, you're able to spend more and more on a customer, and this is just a very nice and comfortable situation to be in just because essentially it becomes harder and harder for anyone to start competing with you and to take off your market share, right? Um, And then also the more volume you do, right? The more market share you gain, and the lower the unit cost is going to be. And then the lower the unit cost is generally um, also the more you can spend on advertising but also maybe you can lower prices, defer competitors, etc. There's a bunch of stuff you can do with this. And with Amazon, you can do some stuff. The economies of scale part is definitely applicable to Amazon as well, but none of the other elements actually do play a significant role, right? Um, so just in terms of marketing um, and in terms of overall business results, much, much better to develop these channels, right? Now, once you understand this there's a second problem and that problem is who do i actually work with for this right because generally these kind of areas of work they're not a hundred percent established right like there's no university degree to become like a market like a performance online marketer or something and it's not really a thing um and because of that uh, generally the quality of suppliers ranges quite a lot, right? You can have very low quality suppliers and you can have very high quality suppliers. And it does become very hard to compare them because you're basically just relying on um, what someone's telling you, et cetera, et cetera. So because of that, um, it's just very messy, right? Because you can have like a button in a campaign and if that button doesn't click, uh, if the toggle isn't moved, right? Or that button isn't clicked, the results of the campaign are going to be so much worse than they could uh, so much better uh, so much worse sorry than they could be right so for example on facebook like there's a bunch of options that immediately come to my mind there like if they're being uh, set up the wrong way it's just not going to work well right so <clears throat> what makes us unique is that we work Only with furniture companies, right? Because we only specialize in that specific field. Um, There's not really any need for testing, right? We know exactly what's working, what isn't working. Um, And we also know because we're not focused on any specific marketing method, right? We're not necessarily focused on like Facebook, uh, Instagram, influencer marketing, et cetera, et cetera, or like email marketing we just objectively know what things do make the most sense because there's no inherent bias that is built from that. Right? So in case you want to learn how to take the sales of your online furniture store to the next level, um, you can go to our website, uh, that's furniture-scale.com. And what you can do there is you can apply for a free initial consultation and, uh, yeah, Basically, within that consultation, what we would do is we would actually give you a step-by-step plan of the things that you can implement immediately that have the biggest leverage for your business in regards to uh, growing your profitability. Right. So, in case you're interested in that, um, just head over uh, to that page. Right. I'm going to link it somewhere down below here as well. And uh, yeah, see you on the other side.